Welcome to The Hack, the straight-talking smart tech podcast where we discuss the ever-changing world we live in today. It's time to start thinking differently. So tune in and buckle up for some home truths as Hull and East Yorkshire's very own digital tech experts talk transformation and change, focusing on people, process and technology. We're back, aren't we? Certainly are. We've got the big dog in the room. What a guest today. I know. Um, are, we, are we calling you Faisal today? Should we call you Faisal? Call me what you want. Call you what um, yeah, we've got. It, just keep it clean. Keep it clean. You've got to keep it clean. You've got to get close to that mic for me, dude. So, we've got, yeah, we've got Faz Belushi. How do we How do we introduce him, Paul? When, where, do, where, where, where do we go? I think I think the easiest one for guests. How do you know uh, me and Paul? Well, let's, let's, let's go. Let's, let's, oh. let's, go down, let's go down that route. It's old school, isn't it? Old school, old school. But Paul, you were both of our our coach for many years. Yeah, taught us a lot of the values which we know to this day. When you when you're young and you're 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 trying to figure out the world, you need you need people to look up to. And I think you were you were one of those people for us, definitely. So Paul was one of our coaches, one of our first leaders, wasn't he? Yeah. When did we when did we start? Because we it's quite mad when I think about it. Actually, it is mad. And I think we started playing rugby, didn't we? At Bristol Villa back in the day. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, and you poached us. Didn't you? One of my greatest ever nights going down to Westall and getting the secretary to sign the signing on forms, and it was quite who late did, at who night. Who did you bring over? Because there was who did you join Westall with originally? You I, and Steve on it. I got Steve and Faz was first. Yeah, and then you and Dale followed. Yeah, but you weren't Westall though, was you? You was Nolan. You was Nolan. So yeah. we was Westall first. Yeah, which was. You're making me slouch. Oh, I know. Slouch. I'll, I'll 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 move this up. Is that yeah. is that better? That's better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, Paul Paul was uh, you poached us from Westall. So yeah. When you said when I started Westall, it was must have been when I was about six seven years old. I was uh, was uh, on Council Estate where I grew up on Cavill Place, and I walked walked over. I saw the lads playing on the field, and I went over and started playing started playing rugby. And that's ironically, you asked me what my name was. That's when I was named. Does. Wow. Because yeah. I went up and they said, What's your name? And I was like, Faisal. And they were like, What? I said, Faisal Bellucci. I was like, Well, no, we're gonna we're not we're not having that. So they changed it to Faz and then it stuck from there. <laughs> because when I first met Faz, I'd, and this is quite interesting with, with, with me and Faz, he's uh, I moved back from Leeds and Bradford. So I'd gone to school in Leeds, Bradford, and I got dropped off at Westall when we was on the circle. I think I'd have been about thirteen. 14, I think, will have been 13, 14. Because when did, when did you sign us? What age was when you signed us? 15s? Just after that, yeah. 15s. Not, not long after that, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I basically, that we'd moved back to Hull on Monday. The Tuesday night was the training one for Westall. My dad had dropped me off um, there and just dumped me with these lot. And that's where I met you and, and a few other lads. Um, yeah. and, and the rest is history, isn't it, from there? The rest is history, yeah. And, well, that's how that's how we met, wasn't it? Yeah. So you asked the question at the beginning, how do we all know each other? That's how me and you met on the rugby field. On the rugby field. Yeah, we weren't really that close. We was we was close, as in like we played rugby and stuff. But you were too fast for me back then when we played rugby. Well, Cookie rugby, we close. <laughs> Cookie rugby, <laughs> yeah. No, I think we 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 sort of went out. We played, didn't we? And we went up to played for Norland, didn't yeah. we? We and we used to always go on nights out and other bits, all of us. Yeah, yeah. And then from like eighteen, I used to like work away, didn't I? Um, and and we was, we'd always see each other, wouldn't we? Like every couple of months, yeah. And like nothing had changed, and it just sort of. Went like that, and then we got closer again as we, uh, 
probably in our late 20s yeah late 20s when when i like left left all and and then just started working and stuff and then that, that was it we started getting a bit getting a bit closer didn't we and um spending more time with each other but i think what was mad is uh, people who listen to the show we always talk about andy's man club and, and, and bits like that but a lot of people don't know that you me set that up originally didn't you yeah yeah i was one of the people that you well you, you kind of came along to um one of a, a few of us that you said you know you had an idea well went to the pub didn't we sounded crazy yeah. at the time but it but it's yeah it sounded inspirational in a way we uh we a few of us jumped on board you led the way and we we, we spotted you didn't we oh it was incredible yeah, you led the way as well i think um it's credit to you and i think and why i want to bring that one up is mental health back when we was growing up like we know paul suffered with mental health for, for, for many years but back then we we didn't have the tools to deal with it or talk about it. What what do you think sort of changing in that space? It's it's weird you mention it because it's only I mean I've turned forty recently, probably a, a period of my life, probably the last five four or five years when I've been I won't say soul searching, but I've been trying to figure things out and look back and try and realise like maybe how why certain why I'm certain way, why certain insecurities are there and all the rest of it. So I've figured out that I probably went through a period myself where I was probably going through a little bit of, I won't call it, I won't call it depression. I don't know what you call it, but I just wasn't myself. I wasn't my confident self. Uh, and I think, I think what's interesting for anyone know it, you don't know the facts. You've had some amazing jobs. You've worked all over the world. You've been on radio. You've been over. Just, just give a, a flash of where you've been working and what you've done. Um, yeah. So I, I started. I started in telecommunications. I've always been in sales all my life. I've always been I realized at a young age that I could talk and people would. Some people would listen. So I, I, I devoted my life into into sales, and I've kind of grown from there. I've, I've been lucky enough to work all over the world. I worked in a pretty sexy role in fashion. Uh, you sell shoes, didn't you? I was selling women's shoes, but like on a massive scale, global scale. Well, it was it was mid to high end stuff. So I was traveling the world. I was going to Vegas, Milan, Madrid, all, all the all the beautiful places. Well, most of the beautiful places. Pretty lucky, and uh, and then I, yeah, I've just kind of like I I wasn't. I was very. I've always been really chilled and relaxed, and I kind of fell into a lot of roles. But it wasn't until I moved to the Middle East, and it probably coincides with what I was just mentioning to you there, when I wasn't really myself, and. Probably this will this will tie in with uh, kind of like the theme of, of of the mental health thing as well because that's pretty pretty prominent in my life as well. When I did move away, because when I was younger I played rugby, we played yeah. rugby, and I played at a good level and all the rest. of You played for Hull, didn't you? You was a Hull, yeah. you signed on pro, didn't you? All, all FC playing for the academy and and all the rest of it. We were really we were quite well known in the town, you would say. And then when I probably when I moved to the Middle East. I didn't know anybody. I'd moved to a completely different country, completely different place. Whereas when we're younger, probably in, in a town like Hull, when it's a little bit smaller, you walk into a bar, you'll see a few people, you'll let onto a few people. That wasn't there. And all of a sudden, I wasn't aware of this, but all of a sudden that kind of it probably hit me. Your comfort blanket wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that affected me, I think. It affected me, it affected my confidence. Yep. And uh, it wasn't until I'd, I'd left, I was in the Middle East for, for four or five years working for a financial consultancy. And then I moved back. Mum wasn't well, so I had to move back and look after my mum for a little bit. But that's when I kind of, when I hit the ground back in the UK, I, I realised and that's when I thought Cause, to myself. Because I, I remember, because we've always checked in on each other, haven't we? Yeah. And um, it was at that sort of time as well, I think, what was quite interesting was I'd started going on a path of personal development in a big way with a, or a good friend, Alex, one way. Yeah, yeah. We've always shared knowledge between us all. That's it, yeah. And I think what was really interesting, you was in Oman, weren't you? And um, I was sharing different things on Google Drive, yeah, yeah. And different things. And, yeah, yeah. and it was just, a, when I look back, you can't connect, you, you always say, you know, it's a Steve Jobs quote, you can't connect the dots looking back. Mm. 
but we're going through this personal, and I can remember a number of times when I'd have a wobble, and Faz is always one of them guys who, who he's always there for me yep. when I have a wobble. He's calm, calm words. He's, he, when we talk about the giant platform, about the different um, communication yep. codes, Faz is really good at caring, but not fixing your problem, but you walk away and the problem's fixed, if that makes sense. You understand yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, and it, it goes back a little bit to what I've learned as well, uh, probably. No, thanks, by the way. Uh, but it goes back a lot to the ability to to listen, I think, which is a powerful, powerful thing. And it's something that I'm still trying to master myself, which in sales is probably, for me personally, in my opinion, one of the most important tools to have. Because when you're, when you're a salesman, what you've got is you've got a service, whatever it is, a product, whatever it is that you've got to sell and put across to somebody you got that in your head, you're going into a meeting and you're going to sit down, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that, I'm going to say this. But the most important thing is the person that you're sitting down with, the people that you're sitting down with, you know, they have to give what they have to put across to you. Because then when you do give that to them, you do listen to them and you, and then you have the ability to then react and, and then give you, put your product across or put your service across to relate to what they want. Yeah. Well, that's the most powerful thing, I think. I think, just take it a bit deeper, because you've always helped me on that, you always call me out on that, and you've been great helping on that. But I think what you're saying there is, I wouldn't say it's reacting, I'd say it's more responding, because you've taught me to do that, not not to react. And we talk, we get onto it in a couple of books, but I think that's the most important thing, like you're saying there is, it is deeply listening, because a lot of the time, I've done it for years, and, you, and that's why I carry my beads, to, yeah. to make sure I, I am present. Sometimes we only listen to respond. 100%. And you've hit the nail on the head there. That, and that's what it is. And that is something that I'm trying to master myself as well. Especially now having a, a, a wife which t who talks a lot, bless her. I don't necessarily listen as much as I should do. But it's that, no, but joking aside, it's that, it's it's actually listening. Because there's listening and then there's listening. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. actually acknowledging what the person's saying to you. Yeah. And then being able to respond in the right in the right way. Because the point that I'm making is this. If you've got product and services in your mind and you want to put something across... You're dying to jump in and say what you want to say. It's in your head, and you're not necessarily consciously listening to the person properly. You try, you try to add, don't you? Exactly. And, and, and you, you, you relate to that because you've been doing loads of sales training and all, and trying to teach how to do sales, and it wasn't working for you, was it at all? No. Yeah. But, but when you stopped trying, it started to work, didn't it? Yeah, and I believe as well when you when like what Faz has just said when you listen to somebody when you listen to them properly. And you're conscious of what they are saying. You're in the moment with that person. More what the person requires and what their needs are. Mm. And I've always been a person before when I was listening. But while I was listening, I was trying to solve their problem for them. And waiting to respond to solve the problem. But then you weren't listening to them properly. And sometimes you get it wrong. But if you listen to them intently and you're in the moment with them, you tend to get it right. And sometimes silence, I think going back to the mental health point of view, silence and just letting them talk silence is, is golden. really powerful. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly 100%. I, I think it's, it's a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. And it's something, like I said, I'm I'm trying to master and something that is practice and, and being conscious of it. You have your little tools that try and help you to be able to be open and, and listen properly. And that's, I think, it's important. It's me. I've been hard working on that. But I think where, where I'm going to end with this is, I think we should, let's jump into some questions, Paul. Let's go. Yeah, let's, right. let's, get, um, let's get him on the questions. I want to wait Faz was the first Because the reason we've got him on as well, he's emigrating to uh, Canada. Canada. Again, so I say he's fortunate to go. He's got a young family now. He's going. And I thought, we're going to have to get this captured, aren't we? We're going to get Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to get over there. And do Here we go. Right then, Faz. 
what are the one to three books that have most positively changed your life? It's mad, really, because Leon's been pretty influential in, in putting in putting me, well, kind of guiding me towards reading and, and uh, putting a little bit more effort into reading. And one of the books that you introduced to me was The Chimp Paradox. We hear which, that a lot, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Which I, I, well, Game changer. It is. It is. It's something that if, if, if you don't... If you don't slow things down and actually realize the way the brain works and understand the way the, the way the brain works, it's, uh, it makes things a little bit more difficult. So the chimp, par chimp paradox was one of the one of the books which I think is uh, really powerful for me. Another one, there's a, there's a few, but I'd say the power of now. Oh yeah, that was Eckhart that, Tolle. I remember me and you having some deep conversations with that one. Yeah, because because what was interesting about that book for me, to talk about when you rang me, you was in London, weren't you? When you was reading that book, mm. and there's a part about it when he's on the train. Do you remember that one? And he talks about when he's, he's on the train, he sees a woman talking out loud to herself. Yeah, no. He's, remember? He's, and I remember you ringing me about that and yeah. you were just like, Leon, I'm like. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, 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 it is that, it's that, what he's, what he's putting across basically is that we've all got that incessant noise in our brain and it relates a little bit back towards what we were just talking about, having the ability to listen. Meditation helps a lot with this as well. But the, the story that you're mentioning is, it's actually, he sees a, he sees a guy walking through the street talking out loud and he's just nattering it might be a guy or a woman i can't remember now yeah but anyway, one, one, one yes, yeah. the point is is that the the the, the they're talking out loud and they're it's they're, they're looking saying basically they're, they're going on and they're going crazy and whatever whatever they're saying but the point is that we all have that voice in our head we all have whatever it may be every in the morning you're getting ready shirt shirt shall i put on or or whatever you where you're gonna go i might go grab a coffee or whatever it is or you watch out for breakfast who are you talking to when you're saying those things? You're talking to yourself. In in essence, you're you are that voice. But the only difference between that person and us is that we're we're not vocalizing it. And that noise, that that incessant noise, which which it's all constantly going, especially people who have who have a um, challenges and, and might not have the capacity. Exactly, I think, I think it's all you in there. And I think, and it's but, over. It can be overwhelming as well for some people. Yeah, yeah, and we and we and I think what's gave us a a good interest insight in that all three of us in them early days and, and i can't stress this enough for anyone listening because i'll be lads for the man club at first you know he was helping me but you was deaf you were struggling as well weren't you? Yeah, i was struggling yeah so you weren't leading the the front you was using the club right but you but we was doing it in a way that you was helping us and you you felt more open to come and talk about your challenges didn't you right yeah but what definitely. was really, what was really interesting and i don't know how you feel on this fact i genuinely started going to the club i didn't set it up let me rephrase it. I originally didn't want to set it up because I didn't have time to set it up. It was Zoe who made me set the club up, right? Mm. Because she said, you can't go to a charity and offer it help because it doesn't fit into your schedule. Say no, right? You don't get you don't come back into this house, right? Yeah, and you know Zoe, right? So in that sense, and then we knew you were struggling and it was like, right, it makes sense to do it. But me and you used to have meetings around sorting the club out and what we was going to do. But we had no structure at the charity. We weren't actually a full charity at that point. It was when the charity was just first getting going. We we did we had basic rules as facilitators. We, we was in the early days when Luke come over to see us with Elaine, you yeah, know, exactly. proper real and proper raw. Yeah. And a lot of the things, me and you was just making up as we was going on. Yeah, but it's it's the it's the basic entity of what it what it was was just, just going and having not having any you know, agenda or whatever it may be, just everybody on a on a on a playing field and coming and having a chat. And it helped us as well. You know, you just, you just took the words because where I was going to lead us on to it is, we'd go saying that we didn't we didn't have mental health issues, mm. but then when you look at it, what it did for us, like I changed complete careers, 
what are mental health issues? Exactly, is the point. We've all got mental. Yeah. What are they? Everybody, everybody suffers with different levels. Yeah, you're still just different levels of of whatever it is the brain. Yeah. You know, gives you and portrays and whatever whatever it may be. Everybody has it, but like I said, it's just there's different extremes of it, and that's what we. The crazy thing is, is we're not psychologists. We didn't study any of this, but we we sat down and because we've had certain experiences in life, we were able to give people a. Not advice, but just give a safe part for a safe. We, we know we created. I think what we did, we created a safe space so people come and come and talk about yeah. their issues and make sure. And what was nice because we're all different characters, you'd give me feedback if I'd got something wrong in there. You'd give me feed, and we'd do it always. And then we and and then Paul came in, and what started happening was everyone started getting better in tune with their emotions. I'm going to say. Mm. We all started to question what we wanted out of life. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think every single person that came through those doors, even now, not just at the early stages, um, even now, after they've come for a few times, they felt confident in that environment where they could talk and get their emotions out, where they never had that environment before and they couldn't talk about the feelings and their emotions. And where is it where we go where... For two hours or so, you, there's no mobile phones. Everybody can just talk about the feelings or emotions and what we've just spoke about on five minutes ago, listening and listening intently. And we all picked, like you've just said, we're all different characters. So we all picked different coping mechanisms off different people and what helped certain different characters. And people pick that up and go away and think, that might work for me. And we don't solve anybody's issues. They actually listen to other people and go away and solve their own. Yeah, but it's, that's life for all of us. But I think where I was going on around them two books you mentioned as well, Fats, is we read them like years before we even got involved in Man Club. And what really helped me, because them two books massively influenced, we talked about them loads, didn't we? Is that when we was used at the Man Club, we came across people who had really severe mental health challenges where they couldn't physically control it. So they might need different medication. They might need more more things than what we, we know. We, we're not specialists, right? But what that gave for me was it gave me a real good balance in terms of we sort of was, I like to use the word, was book smart. We'd, we'd learn it in, the, in a book, mm. but then all of a sudden you, be, you became with lived experience with different people. And I thought that was so powerful it for just, all of us. It, it just coincided with a period in our lives as well. Just look at you. Where we, we were trying to get knowledge about it and it interests, it still interests me. As you can see, like with the books that I'm reading, the, the, there's a bit of a theme there. It's the human brain, how the brain works and trying to figure out you know, why you think certain things or why you feel it a, a certain way. And that is very much where I am at the moment as well, reflecting, looking back. And it was, you, you sent me a few of the questions that you're going to, you're going to do today. And I was looking through and I was thinking, wow, it makes you sit and reflect and really look at, like I said, at the beginning, why you are the, the way you are, why you may, may have these in insecurities, no matter how big, strong, powerful you are, or, or, or however successful you are, everybody, it, most people have insecurities in their life totally agree and i think th that this type of thing helps and it wasn't until until i started reading books like that and started investigating the human brain and understanding why you feel certain ways that you put my mind up to it and and i think that those two books were definitely a platform to to start studying and i think the last one really is a bit of a, a more recent one that i've enjoyed is happy sexy millionaire stephen bartlett he's a he's a all right that's next on my list yeah he's an interesting you're a fan of him aren't you a big fan yeah yeah no yeah i just think um he's inspiring. what he's done and 
what he's done and what he's achieved. But he's another one that talks about today's society and some of the the things that are affecting people. And I think one of the things is, it, it, which is, it's kind of like a, a pandemic is is mental health for young people. Social media, trying to trying to be be at a certain level and you know portray themselves as being this perfect human being. Things like plastic having to do plastic surgery to look yeah, a certain yeah. way. Yeah, it's difficult though. Body dysmorphia is huge. Exactly. Huge these, huge these young kids that are looking at these people that are successful. I mean, I do that because they're portraying a certain thing. They're portraying as though they don't have any issues or anything like that. And the young kids look at that and they're they're obsessed with it. So. I think it's, it's something that, that... I know it's huge, because we were talking about this last night, we had some food, didn't we, in terms of, we've got young daughters and families, and, you know, and uh, they see themselves through filters now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And they think that's real, because us, we used to see ourselves in a Ben Chairman chair, if we was lucky in a mirror as we, or a window as we passed it every now and again, didn't we? Yeah, you know what I mean? That was about it. Yeah, and yeah. on a Friday night, and we was like, yeah, damn right. In a toilet. Yeah, like, damn right. Two hours getting About you, you was worse Two hours getting ready, at least. At least. That's why I've got no hair. It's fine. I used to clone that much <laughs> yeah. back in the day. No, but I feel like that's great. I think yeah, we we could talk for hours about them, them three areas there. But I want to dig in a bit more. I want to go next. What's your, your feel good song or music that gets you focused? Um, there's a few. It's a difficult one, but I would say the one that really makes me feel good, and it, ironically, is called "Feel So Good" by Mace. It just put puts a feeling in me it's a vibe like something from back in the day when i was studying um in hull one of the bars in hull what was it uh beer it's Be- yeah yeah stood when you on, walked into that stood yeah. on the stairs you know thinking all the playing ch- for playing for all your stacked on you yeah, back in the day. Well, yeah yeah and i stood on the stairs thinking all the chicks were staring at me when actually there was staring at the bar the mates <laughs> at the bar behind me but i pretend they was staring at me but yeah that was that was one of the songs he's a tune that bad 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 boys it's a it's a good tune i like that it one in with the next one paul right then what purchase of 50 pound or less has had a most positively impacted your life in the last six months oh he was struggling with this one you were struggling with positively <laughs> <laughs> i was hoping to... sorry sorry I was hoping nobody had it. spotted it. <laughs> he struggles it every week, that one. I love that one. That's why I don't change it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think what purchase. I'll come back to that one. I'll come back to you that. Know, one. It's a tough, it's a tough one. It is a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough question. It's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't think other than my, uh, the straps that help me in the gym, do my, do my abs. I purchased that recently. How much is that? <laughs> Or 20 quid but yeah but, but, the, but there's an interesting point like, let me lead you on that one then 12 yeah he's uh, we asked that question because it's the little things sometimes in life that where, where life's out it's not the massive 20 grand 30 grand purchases the little things but gym's always been a huge and fitness has always been a huge part of your life and that's why me and you have you, you push me all the time to be, to be better in the gym don't you yeah, yeah. but why where's that come from why is it so important for you just Going back to what I said about the uh, walking on the field at six, seven years old on a rugby field, seeing that camaraderie, that's what we got taught from young ages. You, Paul was a big part of that growing up as well. And I think when, whenever, cause we've always trained, we've always, we've always moved, we've always done stuff. Uh, when, when you stop, you realize it affects, it affects me personally when I don't, when I'm not training, if I have a period where maybe I'm injured or something like that, or I have a lazy period, which, which is natural. I've learned now not to fight it too much. If you have a lazy period, let it happen, let it ride out, but know that you need to start moving again yeah, quickly. Cause it's so important. All the, the, the typical things like the endorphins and all that kind of stuff. But, but also, especially for, for us, cause we've been training 
so long from such a young age. It's just life. It's life for me. I've got to do it. I've got to train. And I enjoy it. I love it. Feel better for it. No, good one. Good one. Do you have a lesson from a failure of yours? Lesson for a, for a failure? Probably, and it, this this kind of coincides with that period when I, when, I, when I was, when I came back and I wasn't the most confident and, I, and this helped. This is one of the things that helped me bounce back. I was working with a, a close friend at the time. I won't mention no names. Very, very good person. I was working with a family business. I was doing a bit of consultancy, sales consult, consultancy, helping them set up a, a platform. And um, I was very much going through the motions. I was there, I was doing the work, but I wasn't there psychologically. I wasn't present, you know, I wasn't in, in the moment. I wasn't really acknowledging. What You're just doing enough. Yeah, because I wasn't yep. right, you know what I mean, deep down. And I think it wasn't until they, they, bless them, they put a lot of effort into it, gave me a lot of time and I was helping them and I was doing what I needed to do. But it wasn't until it came to a head when they asked me to get up and present what I'd been doing. And it just, it hit me then. It probably kind of goes, goes with the fact that I had to get up and present in front of people. But there was only a couple of people in the room and these were people that I knew and they were close to me. And I crumbled. Like... I'd been working on this thing for over a year. Yeah. And so I should have known it inside and out, but I crumbled and I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't present what I'd, and I knew it. I had it. I was confident inside, but when I had to get up and present it, that battle psychologically kind of hit me and I realized then I failed. And, but as I came away from that, I start, I started to thinking, why did these things, why did that happen to me? Why was I like that? Why did I feel that pressure getting up and speaking to them when I should, should have been confident, I should have known about it. So I started to, that is when I started to talk to you a little bit more. You started to search a little bit more. So the lesson, the lesson for me really is that in order to, in order to challenge those insecurities, and that is one of the insecurities, you know, getting up and performing and having to present people, you have to look back. You have to look back and find out why you feel that way. Yep. You know, what, 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 what was, what was the reason why you had to, why you felt so pressured and, and, un, and understand. And it probably, it probably relates back to certain things, which we'll, which we'll touch on a little bit further. Things that have gone on in your life. Yeah. But that's the lesson for me is if, if you do have a challenge, if you do have an insecurity, look back, try and understand why it happened. Try and challenge it. If you can, don't ignore it. We all have insecurities, as I mentioned. Well, sorry, the majority of us, when you're at a certain age in life, when you're young and you're, you're probably in your teens and your early twenties, nothing can touch you. I don't know. I think I think that's, I think that world's changing though, like you mentioned with social yeah, media. Yeah, I do. I do yeah, that's think that's true. Actually, I do think that because um, you know, just look at us guys. You know, when we talk about our relationships, we built relationships offline. We didn't have mm. mobile phones. We didn't even have. You know, we couldn't even. We used the phone in the hallway. My dad used to knock on the on the wall sometimes to get off it. Even yeah. when you rang me, I was like, "Dad, it doesn't cost me anything. He's reversed the charges. He's told, he's told the the phone operator he's lost his ten p. It's costing none of us nothing. We're up there, aren't we? Right. But uh, but we were powerful, weren't we? We were strong. We was yeah. like in our heads, we were like nothing could touch us when because. Yeah, but I think that this is the challenge. What we we all face. You know, I, we've got to support ourselves equally and, and challenge ourselves. But I think the. The social media world doesn't challenge you, the digital world, in terms of, we're from the streets, aren't we, us, right? Mm. Street kids, right? And I just had to be in before the lights was off, and I could go pretty much where I wanted, and it was the same, and we did go pretty much where I wanted. And we got ourselves in situations that probably we want our kids to get into, but at some point, and, and, and I, I want... The point, sorry to interrupt, you, you say you got yourself in situations that you probably wouldn't get in. But you learn from that, though, well, and that's, that's yeah. giving you that platform, isn't it? Yeah, but the point I'm leading to in there is... 
we've got young families, don't we? You're going through a stage I was at like five, six, seven years ago, right? It's really interesting for me to watch you. Little. But like, what are you like when she wants, when she's going to fall over or hurt herself? I'm, I'm a fanny. I'm, I'm sorry for the language. I am, I'm terrible because, I don't, again, I don't know where that comes from. I know I like to think deep and stuff like that, but I struggle. Like, my missus is, like, she's really strong with it. Like, she knows, the, obviously, the psychology is that you let them go and you let them learn, then they're going to they're gonna learn from it. You know, they're going to understand if they're going to fall down and yeah. hit themselves to understand, get up and all the rest of it. But as a father, it's difficult, isn't it? Like, I'm trying to catch her and trying to stop her from hurting herself. When it, I'm probably giving her that blanket. You're, 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 what you're doing is you're projecting your fears onto her and that's exactly, the difficult yeah. bit and it's it's so difficult because I was there with you, we, we, I remember watching like, Evie going to fall over and, and Zoe's just like, she has to fall and I'm like, no, I don't want her to fall but she needs to learn not to do what she's doing. I'm like, no, and, and I've seen you, you struggle with that massively, don't you? Yeah, it's a, it's a basic tool in life, it's a basic uh, lesson in life, isn't it? But it's easier said than done. When you've got your daughter, like, looking to her eyes and I, I don't want anything to... I could, like, as soon as she starts crying, like, I start, like, cleaning in her face. You know, I can't, I can't see her with tears in her eyes. And, like, just little things like that, you've got to... Obviously, you've got to let them go, aren't you? You've got to let them learn. You've, they've got to fall. They've got to hurt themselves. I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting better at it. But it's, uh, it's still tough. Work in progress. Next one, Paul. Right, here we go. What is your favourite quote or saying that if you could share with anyone in the world, what is it and why? Right. We've got him. We've definitely got him here. No, I'm trying to think. There is one. Which one is it? It's Marcus Aurelius. Come back to me on that one. Come back to me on that one. I, I've got. I've got one in my head, but I can't think of it. Come back to me. Right. It'll come back. Well, it one second. Th Thirty-five minutes. You can look at it. We can edit it out. All right. Okay. So go look for it. You've got okay, it. You can, you can edit it. Can. Just write it down somewhere for me. Thirty-five. Saying. Yeah, yeah. So ask that question again, Paul. Yeah, let, let him put his... Hey, I sat really good last time. I'm going to mess it up now. Here we go. <laughs> right then, Faz. What is your favourite quote or saying, if you could share with anybody in the world, what is it and why? It's got to be Marcus Aurelius, the happiness of your thoughts... The happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. Oh, I like that. I like that one. Oh, I do like that one. Do like that one. Happiness of your life. The happiness of your life. Depends on the happiness of your thoughts. Depends on the quality of your quality thoughts. Quality of your thoughts, yes. yes. And these boys was rocking this how many years ago? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. It's, yeah it's, no, it's, it's, I read, I did, there's a couple of other books that I, that, I, that I read. I went through a period when I was trying to look back at, at Stoicism. Stoicism, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Marcus Aurelius and I do enjoy looking I do enjoy reading about real life human beings that have, have lived life and have just been like I, I like the Revenant as well Hugh Hugh Glass I think it was his name was obviously you, you well some people had seen the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio but I read the book and I love stuff like that because he was probably the, one of the most badass human beings living like walking the face of the earth he fought a bear he actually fought a bear and came came out on top well, he still, it, it hurt him really bad. But if you read that book and understand what he did and where he lived and, and all the rest of it, and that's what that's what I relate to. And that's why I liked Marcus Aurelius as well, because he's another powerful person, you know, that's lived and achieved big things. And we're lucky enough to have scriptures 
stuff that he's written and uh, I like to look back on on stuff like that as well. Great answer. Yeah, I love that one. Love In the last five years, what new habit or belief has had the most profound effect on your life? There's a bit of a theme there, isn't there with, with where I am and I do love anything around the brain and calming the brain and, and understanding the, the brain. And I think for me, meditation is another one that you introduced to me actually. You've been quite an influence to me, haven't you, mate? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you are. Um, in good ways and in, bad ways. In yeah. bad ways, yeah, not, yeah. not all of them good. We can't, but, that's, not, that's for a different show. Yeah, that is. <laughs> it definitely is. But yeah, med meditation for me, it's something that, like, Yelena, my wife, bless her, she knows that if I meditate for a good period, I'm a different person. Like, I'm present, I remember things, I listen a lot better. So it's one of these things that I'm trying to master and I'm trying to make sure it's in my life consistently because when I do do it, I'm just a... Yeah, and that's... Uh, I'm, uh, me and you share that. We, we preach each other on that, don't we? And I think, I think, the, but I think what it is, for anyone listening, I'm, I'm setting like a new challenge at the minute. I've been saying this to you and I, I shared it with you. You haven't done it yet, I don't think. The, the Wim Hof method. I shared the videos. Yeah, yeah. Now, I did this morning, right? And, and what I've got to say is... Let's discuss meditation for for a couple of minutes, right? You've always struggled doing it, Paul, haven't you? I enjoy doing it, but I'm not consistent. Yeah, and you struggle. Well, yeah, I struggle. You struggle. Yeah, yeah. You've struggled. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I'll let you make your point in a minute. Well, just before you do, I want why I want you to discuss is because I think it's a bit of power for the people. I always remember telling you about it, and you just won't listen. You was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And there's a story again when you was in London in that flat on your own. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And there was only you there. Just talk about that story yeah, when you yeah. when you realised. So this was really powerful learning for me. Yeah, but I, th I just I had a. It was a bit of an epiphany. I think that's the right the right word. I had a moment where I, a realization where it, it worked because going back to like our childhood, the way rugby tough, growing up on a council estate, man of blues, have corners, get on that yeah, field, you're yep. injured, don't show your emotions. Yeah. Things like this seem a bit fairy, don't they? They seem like a bit too sensitive and like probably when as soon as you said it to me in the back of my mind i thought seriously he's a weirdo what are you gonna meditate but i tried it and and it, it goes back to that point where i mentioned the book it talks about that incessant noise and i i said to you at the beginning i said i'm just too laid i'm so laid back i don't need to meditate i'm relaxed anyway nothing, i don't have any thoughts you said yeah nothing, <laughs> nothing gets to me nothing gets to me which is true on the surface subconsciously when you did when i did stop and try and slow things down and meditate which is a simple thing focus on your breath obviously there's different uh techniques there's different all lots of different types of meditation all the rest of it but in essence it's it's slowing things down and, and then just focusing purely on your breath so there's no there's nothing from the past there's no thinking about the future it's purely where you are right now and trying to do that, it took me days to even slightly be able to do it for maybe a minute. And then when I did do it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. But then life gets in the way and you just become the old, the old habits come in. You'll maybe meditate up until Thursday, Friday will come. You'll, you'll want to have a beer and all the rest when of it. I, when I've meditated and like I said, when I do it, I enjoy it, but I'm not consistent enough. I don't do it. Yeah. Just breathing. Just breathing in silence and just listening to you breathing. And I felt like it it was coming out my chest. And you do get into it, don't you? And, and sometimes we've gone to the gym early in the morning. Leon says, you think you're finished now, don't you? And I think, yeah, I'm going home. No. And we go and lay on a mat in the middle of a gym. And we've meditated. Yeah. And I come out and I feel great. But I just then I don't do it the next day or the next day. So 
I've tried and I, I will keep trying. No, and it's about, it's about, it's not just that. And that's why I'm talking about this with off method, right? Is because the story I was, I was um, referring to you is I always remember him talking to me in London. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I've just tried and, and it was all this noise. But we've been reading the Eckhart Tolle book, so we're sharing about that. And he's like, there's people walking past my flat. And I remember saying to him, but you don't know anyone in London. No one knows you. What's it, what's it matter? Just switch it off. And going back, it's back to that point is we always care what other people think, don't we? Yeah. That's, that's, that's in essence, one of the, one of the main things. And again, going back to the point where I am in my life, I am studying a lot about where I was and why I think certain things you know i am that's one of one of the areas we spoke about last night we, we had a little catch up because obviously i'm leaving now in a week or so so i'm ca trying to catch up with as many close people as i can we had a bit of time last night where we was talking and we spoke about it that thinking back why did i think that i needed to be i felt like i needed to be a pleaser try and be interesting or whatever it may be or just generally just try and try and please people and i think that was again probably relating to suffering with a bit of racism when I was younger. I won't say a bit fast, suffering completely with racism because I talk around this because I think it's a real good point where you go in with this. Is, um, talk about, you grew up in Hull, it's a white city. Yeah, yeah. White but city. Listen to the words that I'm using now. When I say a bit, you know it's not a bit. It's not a bit. But that comes out of my mouth because I'm probably still trying it's to hide it. Trying to please, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm still trying to hide it, but the pleasing bit comes, it's, it's a full circle, isn't it? I never admitted to myself that I did suf suffer with racism growing up because I was a big lad, you know, I was playing for... It was popular, tall, people was popular. knew it, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's an in, it, it was indirect for me, but it still was there and it still affected me because I didn't, I didn't ever challenge it because I let it go because I was laid back and, and I think that's one of the things I think again, and I can't, I can't remember why we come back to that point, why definitely coming around I, it, I know we'll come back to that a, point no, to open pleaser. on that no to open on that point bothering what other people think mm. oh, and, yeah, and, yeah, and people point, pleasing yeah, yeah and, and but I want to dig into it because we can I always remember because I got I got I got brought up in Bradford so I was the only white kid in, in my school and that's why me and you share a bond don't we yeah, right because yeah. we have banter about it because we, we understand it I remember having to be a pig in a play for example mentally yeah right you I think can, about it in yeah, the UK yeah, yeah, yeah. the things that you told me and what you grew up with <laughs> yeah, unbelievable but, but not even a patch on what you did right because no, it's just no, because, no because the, the thing is that was just a period where I went to that school, right? It's a period where I went in there and I've got to have a special meal and they give me sausages, right? In a Muslim school. Can you imagine, right? They wouldn't come near pork me. Pork sausages. Yeah, pork sausages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They wouldn't come near, they wouldn't come near me. Pork chops were in, in this school, right? You can imagine, right? Um, and I, I smile, but it's, it's, it's but, but, pretty yeah, 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 yeah. So I was called the white onkey, the milk bottle, you, you name it. And, and, and it was it was challenging. And my parents had to take me out of that school and bring me back to Hull and my dad was classed as being racist for doing that right so yeah challenging period dad, wait there rewind a second your dad so, 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 no, no, it wasn't well. gonna, it wasn't classed as being racist let me rephrase that the, the, my dad didn't have the parents you think of it he was a pub landlord mum's a pub landlord um, Glaswegian and I'm getting bullied in the school but back then bullying wasn't a thing was it mm. no and me saying that you meant it wasn't a thing as in like you, you, for, in your world no no but what I mean is he wanted, uh, let me rephrase it it's always safeguarding is taken completely different in now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. when my dad's gone and reported it, the only he's, he's reported it, and the language he's used is I, I aren't doing well in there, and yeah, he might yeah. not have articulated the point yeah, yeah, correctly, yeah. right? But back then, he's like, well, you can't take him to another school because you live in Bradford, and it, the majority it's a Muslim school mm. that you're in. That's the only school you can go to, right? Yeah. 
My dad's like, Brad is Stan. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can see, right? But the the flip side of it, it led me so much because when we come back, you had I could see what you was going through because you went, you say it a little bit. I saw when we played different teams against you. Yeah, you know they'd, they'd call you different names, right? And I don't, I don't even want to say because it, it makes me feel sick about what people say about going to the corner shop, right? And you can you can say it, right? Because it, and we had this we had this conversation. I, I never forget it. It was just after the lockdown, and we was we was at the caravan, and it was when Black Lives Matters was everywhere. Mm. And you're really close with Evie, aren't you, my daughter? And uh, just talk through about that conversation where I, I basically said, rang you and I said, I've made Evie watch it and I've explained to her the story about it and, and why Black Lives Matter and I've gone through it with her. And, and Evie was just distraught. She couldn't believe what white people have done to people of of, 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 of ethnic um, you know, skin. And, and she couldn't get her head around it. And you said, what did you say to me on the phone when I was telling you? I don't know. I think you didn't agree with me saying it. Basically, no, it wasn't even it wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't agree with you. I think the whole the whole thing with with Black Lives Matter and and it's it's very subjective to where you grow up and your experiences in life. Because I I grew up in a on a council estate in Hull where we was the only Asian Asian family we was the only family that looked the way we did. Luckily, um, we. The, the the area that we grew up was so close it was it was back in the day like you could everybody was playing in the street you could rely on people they had your back you know it was a real community feel so we was never meant we was never made to feel like we was different back then which is crazy when you think about it but on the flip side of that is and i'll touch on the, the black lives matter but i think it just kind of like coincides with what i was saying just then there was there was an indirect racism which me, the way I handled it would have been different to the way my brother handled it. My brother was real fiery when he was young. Yeah. You couldn't say anything to him um, because he had a different upbringing to me. Different temperament, yeah. He'd flip, fight, he won't, you couldn't say anything. Whereas if I was chilling with my, with my friends and then one of them would say, oh, go to, go to pack a shop, and I wouldn't think anything of it. Um, on the surface, subconsciously, it's probably still affecting me i didn't i didn't ever deal with it i didn't ever say anything about it but deep down it, it probably hurt me and it this goes back to why probably i felt like i needed to fit in and become a pleaser when i'm older and try and try and be more interesting or try really hard to to to, to be somebody or whatever it may be everybody wants to you know to do something but this relates back to that and even like little experiences I remember when when I'd left I'd left LFC and I started working uh, full time at KC and I was uh, seeing I was going out with a beautiful young lady and I was out we was in Circus Circus uh, opposite opposite LA's. Uh, LA's back in the day and I remember I, I was I was a big lad then you know, I was like uh, again, held myself really well I was confident yeah. you used to eat weights for fun didn't you <laughs> yeah and and then so I'd gone to the toilet and I come back out and like there was a couple of lads around her and then as they they all disperse as I come up and I, she looked real awkward and then I said I came up to her I said are you all right she said yeah yeah I'm fine I'm fine and we we drunk up and then we left and then I, I knew there was something something went right so I said to her I said what what's up what's what's happened and she said oh no there was just there was I had to got it I got it out of her in the end she said oh there was like you know what you're doing with him you should be one of your own wow you imagine imagine as a young as a young guy hearing that obviously from my perspective i was confident and back then it, it bounced off me because i was kind of like i was thinking well they didn't say they didn't say anything to my face did they no you know, they would the, why, why didn't if they wanted to say something why didn't they come up and say it and that was the approach that i had and i never challenged it in my head i never thought about it i never understood it but those are the sort of things i think as you get a little bit older it'll affect affect you you think uh, about it more I don't, I don't, I've never have thought, thought about them. I understand them more. 
Right. Um, in a sense, in a sense, obviously, I think you have to think about them to understand them. And and this is this is one of the things that I think is important. Is I think it's important to understand growing up the things that you've gone through, and why you've got certain insecurities, or why you need to to be a certain way. But don't dwell on it. Don't I don't dwell on it mm. personally. I don't look back and think, oh God, I went through this. I went through that because I could list uh, ten, fifteen things like that that had happened to me, and I always handled in the same way. But now I know why I'm a certain way because of those things that happened to me, if you know what I mean. And I look back and I think to myself, oh, it's not until I look back and I think, wow, yeah, this happened or that happened. And it helps me yeah, now to be able to, to be able to improve myself as a person, really. I love it, love it. Where are we, where are we going next? I've lost where I am. Right, yeah. I, I, I'm, I've got it. I've got it. I'm, got it. Got Bring it. us back on. I'll... Right then, Faz, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself at 18 and what advice would you have ignored? He's back in He's back with a bang there, Paul. Well, in. Wow. Well done. That's powerful, isn't it? Be yourself. Love it. In in a equivocably. That's a word, isn't it? Well, well if you think it is, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. But I know it is a word. It is yeah, a word. I don't know. No, no, just be just be be yourself. Don't try and change yourself. Don't try and and this is something that I think this younger generation as well, when we see them now growing up and we see certain things, we had our challenges and they've got their challenges now. And I think that's one of the biggest things now is looking at this. Instagram platform, Facebook platform, looking at these reels, looking at these rich people, bling all over them, beautiful women, all the filters looking perfect. They've got a real challenge ahead of them to be themselves and just be happy to be themselves. And that's one thing that I think the question was, what would you tell yourself, but also would tell someone else? 18, so, no, no, now what advice would you give yourself? Yourself. Or should you ignore? So first, well, so wrap the first one up then. What? Yeah, so just be yourself, be happy with yourself. I know it sounds a bit fluffy and corny. Love yourself. Understand what you dig into that. What do you mean? Just love who you are. You are you are a certain way. You are like I've got I've got a, a big nose. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to think I want to get a surgery. I want to get surgery and sort my nose out. Whatever it may be, I ain't got any calves. <laughs> <laughs> You've never had any calves. No. But I trained. I trained fast as hell. It's because it's so fast. I know exactly. You, you bent them away. Exactly. But. <laughs> I was obsessed about changing myself and becoming this perfect human being and whatever it may be. But when you say dig into that and go deep, it's just love who you are. I know, just, yeah, I, get it. I know it sounds corny, but it is just love who you are, love being who you are. Still a challenge to this day. For, it will be for anybody. But it sounds, and it's an interesting one, I know. It sounds so simple, simple that, but it's not simplistic. It's, not. it's so complex, is that? Is that, is, yeah. is, is that one? What advice should they ignore then? Well, it's a flip. It's a flip side of that, isn't it? All the, everything that you see out there that there's people are perfect and nobody. Part of my friends, the shit don't stink. It's, it's a lot of crap. People, everybody's after a certain period of insecurities or whatever it may be, and nobody's perfect out there. So, the flip side of it would be to to ignore all the noise, and just concentrate on yourself. Live yourself. live your life and not somebody else's. Yeah, I like that one. I don't want to love that one, Paul. Um, we all feel bent out, unfocused, unenergized, overwhelmed, if helpful. What is it you do, you know, and, and um, what, any sort of questions you ask yourself, sort of straighten yourself back out when you're overwhelmed? What do you do? We've touched on the meditation, so that's one of the things. I think just find a quiet place. Find a quiet place. Try and quieten the noise down. Everything that happens in our life is is all governed by your brain. Everything you see, everything you touch, everything, every experience that you have, it's all governed by that bag of water that's inside your head in between your ears everything's controlled by that so you've got to under you've got to do your best i always i always personally say and even going through like the, all the experiences with andy's man club and stuff like that 
I've always said, you can't say control, control your, your mind, control your thoughts because you can't, you can't control them. You can train, in my opinion, you can train yourself to be a certain way. You can develop certain thoughts, certain patterns, habits, but you can't control it. It's just understand your brain, understand why you think certain things, why you are the way you are, and then try and quieten the noise. And that's what would be my go-to is to try and slow things down and try and find a quiet place and try and meditate and clean clean the mind a little bit and that's when i have the best thoughts that's when i have the best ideas and i feel the best and actually just to add on to that gratitude would be a big thing it's a great one and i think linking to that though i remember hearing the way you've just explained that i, I love that the way you explained it it's just like I love the deep where we look to you, so the, the offices we've got, we look out in the sea. Yeah. And I always think the mind and thoughts that we can't control them, so stop trying to control them, like you mentioned there. Yeah, yeah. And I think like waves, and, you, and waves can be beautiful, can't they? But the problem is, I think, with thoughts is we get involved in them. And it's a bit like if we were just go to this podcast and we go stand down and we look at the umber there and we've got waves coming in, we can say they're beautiful, but we don't need to go stick our head under to see what it's like underneath, do we? No. You don't need exactly. to get involved with them. No, of course, yeah. Because you, sh- you get wet, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you'll get knocked about, you'll you roll around, you might swallow a bit of water and nearly drowned. <laughs> you just gotta let them go. You just yeah. gotta let let go. And I think the I think the key to letting go, like you just mentioned there though, is is gratitude, isn't it? It it's a superpower, isn't it? We've read about it, we look at it, I know we've mentioned about meditation and all the rest of it, and it, but it's not an easy thing to, it's to not, do. None of this is easy. No, because you can talk you can talk. I mean, I can talk about my daughter, you can talk about me and the missus now are, are getting to live a dream, like we're moving to Canada. There's lots of things that are there. Now when I'm when I'm talking about them and I'm visualizing them, I'm feeling gratitude. But it's it's not something that I'll relate it back to some of the lads or, that you that walked through the door that was suffering. And we'd sit in that room and we'd just be like, you've got to try and be grateful. How can they come out of that storm that they're in in their head and try and feel gratitude? Yeah, but It's yeah, not an easy thing to do, is yeah, it? But, yeah, but, you, but it's not an easy thing to do. But I always remember, like, like, look how your life's changed around in the last five years. Just talk around when you had the realisation. You're in London. It was very... You, you was more bothered about ex- external things, going out, partying. Yeah, yeah. Explain that, because I remember you having a conversation with you about being grateful, sitting in some silence, get your thoughts straight and go back to that golden question I I, I, I love is, what is it Fazbalusha really wants? And you wanted to you know, talk about you, you designed a life, but you, back then, how much effort is it taking for you to get, to go to Canada? Some people look at you and say, God, he's lucky for going to Canada. Talk that journey, because that journey hasn't been lucky, has it? No, of course it hasn't. No, no, I, th- I think, uh, but again, it coincides with what I said to you is four or five years ago, maybe six, seven years ago, actually, I came, I, came, I came back from the Middle East and it had broken me and had that experience that I mentioned to you, a close friend, and it wasn't, imagine how, how that hurts your ego. Oh, no, because I, I, know, I know the actual, the business, everything, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yes. But then even with stuff like that, that it's experiences that happen in your life that, the books that you read, you train your brain to be a certain way, but also certain experiences. You know, I lost my nephew a year yeah. and a half ago. He was brutally murdered. Yeah, which was which was so difficult to take. I, I touched a little bit on my experience personally. I was my brother was working away with my brother's son, and I was there like when it happened, and I went to the hospital and got told the news. And when something like that happens to you, you have a choice: do you revert back to the old person 
and you could you could start drinking and doing drugs and all the rest of it. Go fighting yourself, go yeah. get revenge. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you've got a choice to make, haven't you? You could feel, let's put it this way, the, the most brutal way to put it is you could feel sorry for yourself and think, I've been dealt a bad, dealt a bad hand. Or, and again, it sounds a bit corny, you can hit it head on and just think that gratitude. I'm grateful for where I am right now to understand what I've been through. Don't get me wrong. I do anything. Yeah, I do anything to have him back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and, and what's hard is you know, you're just such a beautiful soul, so tragic. But then he's got to be a, a beacon of hope for you guys because he was such such a beautiful soul, wasn't he? He wasn't. This is and he is. He's a beautiful soul. Yeah, and this is this is the point that I was making. Like it, every everybody in our family, well, the majority of the people in our family have kicked on, used it. You used it as, Fuel, as yeah. it well it's, it's it's you have to try and put some sort of positive slant to it there's there is no there's nothing positive about it obviously but you either go the, the other way or you try and bring something positive out of it and and it and celebrate his life by living your life yeah. the best you can live yeah and that's what that's what most of us have done and that's my point is don't get me wrong i'd do anything i'd, I'd give up all of all of that it's sorry I'd give up all of that to, to have him back but that's never going to happen. So we have to try and we have to try and move on and be positive. And that's one of the things. That's one of the things that moment I'm grateful for for is having that mentality. And I think that that's yeah, but it's that it's that tool set you talked about. So you can be present and be there. And and it's so hard. We've suffered with grief, but I think why that's so prevalent for you is it's, it's such a young age, and you know, there's so many stories where you could be asking why, um, and, and it's yeah, horrendously painful, horrendously painful. Um, do you want to go from him with the next one? Right. I think he struggled with this one, but I think he got, he got, he, we're going to get there in the end out with us. Who in the world would you like to inter interview past or present? And why? Yeah, that's, uh, that is a tough one. So there's, there's, a, there's a, there's a number of, but I would go for Muhammad Ali. I like that one. That'd be entertaining. That one. That would be. That would be so entertaining. He's such a figure in in sport and what he did and what he stood for. And you, you would argue that today's modern Muhammad Ali is is Tyson Fury uh, because of mental health. Could we've actually, spoke, we've spoke okay. about how prominent that is. That right now, and how he challenges that. And interestingly, I know it's the challenges though. You've got. I always think though, it's that story of. Muhammad Ali being black though and a world champion you couldn't even go into parts of America and, and, and go into cafes so I think but then you've got the gypsy linking with, with uh... yeah Muhammad Ali had his challenges in in, in his where he was with the race thing and having to, the, the wanted him to go to war and he decided against it and and all, all the rest of it but whereas for, for Tyson Fury now he's got his challenges with it. he's he's cast as being something different being a gypsy and his point is is they get portrayed a certain way but there's good people and bad people out, out of travelers and and that's where where he's he's got the challenges but also the big thing i think is the mental health thing in it which he which he kind of uh, it's so inspiring wasn't it what, what um tyson fury did yeah you know and, and, and he epitomizes a lot of what you're talking about actually in terms of he doesn't have the body of a of a of a world champion athlete it's another thing as well does he yeah. you know and 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 he talks about that and but he overachieves and he, he's a complete man saying it. He literally rose, didn't he? He rose from nothing in quite, quite a few ways. When he got knocked out in the 12th round against Wilder. Uh, How did he get up from that? Uh, the, 11, 11, no, no, it's 12, no, 11th round, 11th round. round. It looks like somebody just picked him it's up. Crazy. 
but that that kind of thing. Power bigger just, than us. It's just who's, who's who's meant to get back up on it. Yeah, it's just meant to be. Exactly, you've hit the nail on the head. In my opinion, it was just meant to be because that then he's that the, the rest of that round because he, he not only got up but he battered him. <laughs> he got up and you could see the look. I mean, it wasn't really a poker face, was it? From Wilder, you could see the look on his face. It just drained him. He was like, "How has he got up from?" That's my punch that knocks everybody yeah. out. Everybody out, and he hits him. He must have. He hit him with it. And he must have felt it, and then he thought he's gone. He's gone. He's not getting up, and he was dancing all. And then he gets up, but not only did he get up and batter him for the rest of the round, he took that approach into the next fight and continued batter, yeah. battering him for another another eleven twelve. Uh, what I think a lot of people are not boxes. I don't understand boxing though, just because he got knocked down, he only lost two points for that round. But when you look at the overall fight, he was he was winning, just completely winning, wasn't he? Because but, but the point is, is the fight was him himself, yeah, yeah. and coming back from what he came from, and and he, and he bounced back. And then he become world champion again, didn't he? Going back to Muhammad Ali, though, the person you would like to interview, don't you think he was ahead of his time? Oh, in not just boxing, just, I'm just talking about his philosophy and the work, the way he talks, the way he talks. Like last night, I got into bed and switched the light off, and I was in the bed before the room was. How <laughs> did you come up with it? And that was <laughs> an interview with Monet. Oh, it was just incredible. He like, was ahead of his time. He's, he was so witty, so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a cool. I sat and listened to that interview the other night, and I was in stitches. Yeah. That was crazy. No, he was. He unbelievable character, wasn't he? And um, but he was. He he had challenges, and you know, he had. He was immersed in. He probably got. He got into like the Islamic side of things, and he had to. He had choices to make. Some people would probably say that he made some wrong choices, but at the end of the day, he's remembered. He's remembered for what he did, he's, and um, he's a real powerful, powerful figure. I think. I love yeah. it. Um, love it. Right. Even the last one, we were through. We're, we're nearly done. It's your turn. Is it my go? Oh, sorry, sorry. I've kept you in line, don't we? It's because we, we haven't got Joey, have we? we, we I know. We're out of sync, aren't we? Is there anything we should have asked you but we didn't? Yeah, do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Paul made me a coffee. No, I think we've covered, we've been around the world, haven't we? We've covered uh, a bit a bit about our upbringing and, and uh, racism and stuff like that and uh, things that are really, really prominent in my life. No, I don't think there's anything that you've 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 uh, you've covered. Is there anything that you think that you've missed? Yeah, no. I think well, one thing I think it'd be fun because you're going away, and we can review this in, in many moons to come when we're sat in the in the rocky somewhere, and we'll do it all three of us. So, um, your funniest memory of being with Faz? What's one of one of your best times or situations? Um, I can go first. You can go first. I think one of the funniest times was me and John had asked of a certain coach to help us coach and you know what John's like John was really passionate about coaching and this guy said can I do the team talk at half time because I think you all played really really poor and we said so John went yeah but you're not going to go you're not going to go mad at him because you 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 guys was our baby so I think, think. I think you need to explain who this person was because I think so this is fact this this, it'll, be it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Len Casey was, uh, it was an ex-professional, ex-Great Britain and an ex-Rovers coach. And player. And he was and just, player. And he was, he was, he had, he had, his oh, hands was, it was massive. My, my it, was, it was massive. It was a big right? bloke on like, he expected perfection. So we just said, look, because we didn't want him to go, because he was how, our baby. How, how old was he? He was, <laughs> he was about 16. This, I, I, can't remember, I remember group. this incident. And then, he went, no, I'm just going to have a chat with him. Just going to have a chat with him. So he gets in the changing room and I'm sat there. And I, me and John always used to have two minutes before we went in the changing room. 
because John used to say, right, I'm going to go to player, but then you're going to go up to him and say, look, good cop, bad enough. cop. Good cop, bad cop. And we'd already orchestrated it before we got in. Yeah. But we didn't know how Len was going to go. And I think as soon as he went in the changing room, we went right at Faz. And then John went, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. He just went, Faz, you had done this, you had done that. And then started on him and then... Then Faz went out in the second half and probably scored about three tries and he was I remember totally... that. But, but, but I remember, it was. I remember it. But yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember because leading... Was it Sid Smith, wasn't it? It was at Sid Smith. And leading up to it... I think it was playing scale one way. Yeah. I think it was. It was leading up to it, like, was all say, yeah, but we do this and we do that. Because we'd always... And he went, don't worry, I'm not going to say a word. And then went in. But he went through every single oh, player... He was spitting up. ...and swore... <laughs> In 37 different ways, in different (laughs) languages, but it was amazing. It was amazing. But the point was, though, we was awful in that first half. Well, he was right. He was completely right. He was was totally right. right. But it was just that you guys um, didn't deliver it that way. But we needed it. We went on on to win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was one of them, yeah. And I spent a night in a hotel with Faz. (laughs) Did you? When we went away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we shared a room. We shared a room. He wasn't in his best that night. (laughs) My my wife will uh, she'll she'll relate to what you're gonna say. I, I, I snore. Oh, I know you do. Yeah, I snore pretty bad. But I'm gonna go before you go. Oh, so go you're on. gonna probably oh, say okay. the same. Thing oh, we go on, we go on. So there was a night that we went out, me and him, and this earlier on we touched on like the the positive things that he's given me. There's also been the flip side of that as well. He's given me challenges in life. So we were out one night. I think it was after I boxed. Was that did I box that night? No, we'd it? been to watch. Some, it depend where where we're going on with this one. Yeah. So anyway, we were so, out. We were, we're in, in Hull. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, we'd we'd been to watch a show. Yeah. We'd been. We, we were in Hull basically, and we were well, well on our way. We'd been drinking like most of the day, all day, and, all day, and, and then we got to like towards the end of the night. We're probably in a bar before you could have a go to a club or or I'll go home, and we said right, we'll flip a coin. Heads, we go to. In Hull, and tails go to a club in in Leeds, <laughs> and bear in mind Leeds is like 80, 70, 80 miles away from us. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but we we hit, we hit tails, and then we ended up in Leeds, and yeah, we we hit the end of the end of the night stroke. I've still got the photos. Yeah, he had some lad in Leeds train station who we just walked up to who was on the phone with his mum, managed to persuade him to take that phone call the rest of that phone call stood on his head doing a handstand yeah that's when the police came over and decided they wanted to have a chat with us so. no but let me rephrase that let me rephrase that you can't rephrase I, no, I can't i can't i can't because i want to i want to dig in deeper into that and this was this was leon this was leon no. by the way so, yeah so we'd we'd done heads and tails and we just got a taxi to Leeds, believe it or not, right? Because we was doing well back then, weren't we? Yeah. We stopped off and got a couple of drinks, didn't we, for the back of the taxi? Yeah, a couple of bottles of wine. Um, went to one of our favourite nightclubs in Leeds, but he doesn't close till it chucks you out about half past six, doesn't it? Six, something like that. Six o'clock in the morning, so we, get chucked, open anymore. so we get chucked out of there. Um, we go back to the train station, and there's a there's a funny photograph where we've got our suits on, and <laughs> he'd gone and got himself a coffee, and he comes back, but he'd only got himself a coffee. <laughs> there's two of us. I mean, no, just, just get himself a coffee. So I don't I, think that bit's true, but anyway. So I just decided to, make... I just decided to rugby tackle him in the middle of a train station. But I didn't think anyone was watching us because we, we were drunk at that, t- that time. So he's wearing coffee all over him. Um, I've got a white shirt on. I had a white, a, oh, a, a never. white Calvin Klein shirt. It was, I love that shirt. Well, and a grey a gray blazer, coffee all over me. All the cappuccino right down the front of me. And, and then we stood there and there was like traditional phone boxes there. 
And then my guy was using a phone, and I don't know, I still to this day, I do not know, because he was a lovely guy, we were right laughing, knew he. Yeah. Um, I said, I bet you can't speak to your mum while doing a handstand. I, I don't know why I said that word, but he did it. <laughs> yeah, he did it, didn't he? He just did a handstand, <laughs> and he was holding he was himself. Sober. He was like, he was sober, he was like holding himself up um, <laughs> on a phone, wasn't he? Yeah. And then the police come and then said to us, what are you doing? And they're like, we're not, we're like, we're not doing anything. Like, well, he can't be doing that. And I was like, well, why can't he do a handstand? And like, look how he's doing it. Look how strong his car is. You know what I mean? It was just, it was just a really weird, it random. odd, but it's, it's definitely one. Well, yeah, one of my favourite. One of my favourite. You like showing me that photo, don't you? I love showing you that photo. Yeah, he sends it to me on a regular. Well, it's quite a funny photo because he knocked me over. So I've taken the photograph where I'm sort of like, see me on the floor and him in the background looking at me because he's got coffee on him. Um, you were on the floor, you? Yeah, so but the point point I'm making on that is sometimes you've you, why it's such a great memory for me is sometimes you just gotta let loose sometimes and just go with people who who you no agendas, no egos, just have a good time and, and just party till till the sun comes up, don't you? So yeah, yeah been been awesome. Been awesome having you yeah, on. You're gonna be cracking. Thank you. Cheers, fist punches all around. So that's Leon checking out. Paul checking out. And Faz checking out. Latent plug. Think differently about your business IT. Let's face it, it's impossible to grow a business without digital technology. Now more than ever, with everything going on in the world right now, businesses are struggling to manage, protect and work in the cloud. Transform your business IT with expert support from ThinkCloud. Learn how the most successful businesses in your sector consistently generate up to 20% higher revenues at 30% lower costs. You've come this far. You got this. Check out www.think-cloud.co.uk and book a call today.